Start selling on Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash CNN for a $1 per month trial. Hey, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the CNN political briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Thursday, November 3rd. More than 30 million Americans have already cast their votes across 46 states, and the Democratic and Republican candidates are zeroing in on their final pitches. You know, we in the press talk a lot about high-profile surrogates when they're out on the campaign trail. It's not all that clear that they make that much of a difference in terms of shifting people's votes. But they're the superstars of their parties. They're the most recognizable folks to Americans. And it is exactly the press's attention to those high-profile folks that is why candidates ask for them to come out on the trail with them. It gets a whole different level of attention than that congressional candidate or that gubernatorial candidate would normally get. Today, we see Donald Trump back on the trail. Now, he never really was off the trail. As you know, he's been holding rallies for the last many months. But he is now sort of launching his home stretch, his final very focused days ahead where he's going to hit Iowa today and he's going on to Florida and Ohio and Pennsylvania in the days ahead. Now, why Iowa? That's a good question. Why would Donald Trump, the former president, be in Iowa? It's not like Chuck Grassley, the Republican Senate incumbent there, looks to be in trouble. It's not like the Republican gubernatorial candidate, the incumbent Republican governor, Kim Reynolds, seems to be in any peril of losing her reelection battle. Might it be because Iowa is the start of the presidential nominating process? And remember, the moment the midterms are over next week, we are into the 2024 presidential race. So since that 2024 buzz is what Donald Trump no doubt was looking to get going by making this Iowa campaign stop, his former senior advisor, his former campaign manager, Kellyanne Conway, was at a breakfast roundtable with reporters today hosted by the Christian Science Monitor, and she weighed in on when the former president might launch another campaign for the White House. He would like to have announced by now, and I think the fact that he hasn't uh, is uh, really a big credit to him and his restraint and him not wanting to, him wanting to help in these midterms and not step on them. He's being urged by some people to still have a surprise, a November surprise. As for President Biden, he heads west today. He's in New Mexico. Now there, the Democratic governor, Governor Lujan Grisham, she is in a very tough re-election battle. And even in the pretty blue state of New Mexico, there is real concern among national Democrats about her getting over the finish line and getting reelected. But what's so fascinating about Biden going to New Mexico, of course, well, what's right next door? Arizona, Nevada, they have major major battleground contests for governors, for secretary of state's offices, for the U.S. Senate. In fact, you know, control of the U.S. Senate could come down to a place like Arizona and Nevada. But Joe Biden is not touching down there. He's not welcome there because he's just more unpopular than popular in those places. And the Democratic candidates there fear he would do more harm than good. So he ends up in the bluer areas like New Mexico and California on this western swing. We are also seeing today a rare appearance on the campaign trail from Hillary Clinton. And by that, I mean a rare public appearance. She's been doing a ton of fundraising, working with groups that organize voters on the left in a big way throughout this cycle. But she has not been 
out there on the campaign trail stumping for candidates. And that, of course, speaks to her position in American politics and how she is a polarizing figure. But when your home state governor, Kathy Hochul, in Democratic New York needs help, that seems like a pretty safe place for Hillary Clinton to go and try to do so. So she will appear with Vice President Kamala Harris tonight in New York to try and boost Hochul in what is clearly a tougher-than-anticipated re-election effort. And as you know, in New York, crime has been the central issue that Hochul and her Republican challenger, Congressman Lee Zeldin, have been debating over, like they did last Tuesday in their debate on Spectrum News. You can either work on keeping people scared or you can focus on keeping them safe. There is no crime-fighting plan if it doesn't include guns. Kathy Hochul believes that the only crimes that are being committed are these crimes with guns. And you, you have people who are afraid of being pushed in front of oncoming subway cars. They're being stabbed, beaten to death on the street with hammers. Hillary Clinton appeared on CNN This Morning, our new morning show here. And in that interview, she really pushed back on this Republican attack on the issue of crime, trying to frame Democrats as soft on crime. Give a listen. They don't want to solve a problem, whether it's crime, inflation or anything else. They just want an issue. You know, when given a chance to govern, they don't want the responsibility. You know, they're just uh, trying to gin up all kinds of fear and anxiety in people. Uh, They're not dealing with it. They're not trying to tackle it. She also said when it comes to Democratic messaging, it can't be either or. Either you're talking about democracy and abortion rights or you're talking about the economy. It has to be both. And now remember, she became first lady when her husband was elected president, when his campaign manager famously said it's the economy, stupid. So Hillary Clinton knows, as she indicated this morning in her interview on CNN, that you have to keep talking about the economy. Well, I always think you have to talk about the economy because uh, that's uh, critical to everybody, whether it's an election year or not. In fact, the work that has been done by the Democrats in helping the economy and helping people deal with what is global inflation, not just American uh, inflation, uh, is truly impressive. And we got to get that message across more effectively. But if you listen to those two answers that Hillary Clinton gave, those two topics, it was a high profile Democrat on defense, on defense over crime, trying to push back on defense over an economic message not breaking through again, trying to push back on that. That is where Democrats find themselves on defense. Where do Republicans find themselves five days out from the midterm? Very much on offense. Listen to would-be Speaker of the House, if indeed Republicans win control and he can wrestle all the votes he needs to become Speaker, Kevin McCarthy, the Republican leader in the House, was on Fox News today. This is exciting. You're seeing places we haven't seen before. Very competitive. I'd watch Oregon, Nevada, Rhode Island, Connecticut. Um, We're playing in seats where you're watching Democrats now funneling money to seats that Biden won by 20 points. That is unheard of that they're worried. They're worried about coastal seats in California. Kevin McCarthy is right. Republicans are on the march in some very Democratic districts. And if indeed they do flip them, like in Rhode Island, that's going to be the sign that this wave may be bigger than folks anticipated for the Republicans. Now, if they don't win those districts, if the Democrats hang on, perhaps Republicans will be in for more modest gains than many people anticipate. One more thing about the messaging. Yesterday, both Barack Obama and his former vice president, now president of the United States, Joe Biden, were on the same message about democracy being on the ballot. And I just want you to hear 
how President Biden framed this argument to the American people in the closing days of this campaign at his speech at Union Station in Washington, D.C. last night. Make no mistake, democracy is in the ballot for all of us. We must remember that democracy is a covenant. We need to start looking out for each other again. For his part, President Obama localized this issue. He was campaigning in Arizona, where the Republican nominees for many of the statewide offices, governor, senate, secretary of state, are election deniers. And so he was sort of trying to grab Arizona voters by the lapels. If you've got election deniers serving as your governor, as your senator, as your secretary of state, as your attorney general, then democracy as we know it may not survive in Arizona. That's not an exaggeration. That is a fact. Now, both of those men are pretty smart political tacticians. You don't get to the Oval Office without being so. And they understand that this message on democracy may work to rally some of the base, may even peel off some independence as a reminder of sort of the Trump MAGA Republican moment that the GOP finds itself in and something that independents turned away from. But they also know that that is not the issue that is likely to decide this election. They are aware that this is an economy election, but they feel that you have to make the argument about democracy. It can't be unsaid because then you're tacitly sort of allowing the deterioration to take place instead of being part of fortifying it for everyone. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And please take a moment and be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow.